one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia Eats. Oh, you are going to love Episode 7, Season 2 of DeRussia Eats, from high school speech champions to nationally known celebrity chefs. It's Jason DeRussia. So glad to have you spending some time with me and with part of the lively and vibrant and exciting Minnesota food community. And Kim, Justin Sutherland, both high school speech competitors, both went to Apple Valley High School in the Minnesota suburbs. That foundation of storytelling has served both well as they become celebrity chefs telling their stories through food and telling other people's stories as well through television. And Kim, featured on Netflix's Chef Table, their pizza edition. She is known for pizza, uh, but she is uh, so much more than that. She's opened her first restaurant focusing on Korean-American cuisine, her most personal restaurant called Kim's. Justin Sutherland is the host of Taste the Culture. He's just won a Daytime Emmy Award for hosting Food TV, a national Emmy. Justin won. He's been featured on Fast Foodies. He is a chef in the Twin Cities, a restaurant owner, and he is growing his empire as well. Two great people, great celebrity chefs in this episode of De Russia Eats. In a time where many people are wondering what the future of Uptown Minneapolis is, one of our most prominent chefs is going all in, not only launching a new version of her restaurant right in the middle of Uptown, but uh, perhaps her most personal restaurant so far. Ann Kim is the chef and owner of Pizzeria Lola, Hello Pizza, Young Joni, and now Kim's in Minneapolis, and Ann is with us uh, here in studio. It's so good to have you here, Ann. I'm so happy to be here, Jason. You opened uh, Suki and Mimi in Uptown mm-hmm. in... Uh, February 2020, whenever the pe- pandemic was happening, just right. when things could Perfect open timing up. to open oh, a new Oh, it was restaurant. brilliant. <laughs> but Suki and Mimi was awesome. Thank you. And And yet, you decided... I, I need to do something different. Yes. Uh, I loved Suki and Mimi and all the energy and time that we put into that restaurant. Unfortunately, sometimes timing is everything. And having opened during the pandemic, we just didn't get a fair start. And everybody knows during that time there were restrictions. People were scared to dine out. We had to change the concept and the formatting. And, and I think people were a little confused about what the original intention was of the restaurant. It was supposed to be loud and boisterous and packed. And those are all the things that you didn't want during that time. Hmm, right. And so rather than try and reshape or reinvent that restaurant, I decided to do something completely different, reset do something bold, and create a completely different restaurant, which is Kim's. Kim's is Korean-American food. Yes. And you are Korean-American. Korean-American, yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, South Korean immigrant, Mm -hmm. but you grew up in Apple Valley? Grew up in Apple Valley, Minnesota, went to school K through 12, went to New York, uh, went to college and lived there first. You know, about several seven years, and came back. You're a speech nerd, and then an actor. And... I was a total speech and debate nerd, and that's I think I'm I gonna... say that with love. Yes, because I, mean, I know you were space. too. <laughs> I, I was, and I coached a team. Yes, so yes, yes. Uh, but yes. Th- but then you came back and opened. 
Yes, I came back and did a variety of things, one of which was I acted professionally for eight years. And then I left that industry uh, pretty much cold and decided with my husband that we'd open up our first restaurant in 2010, which was Pizzeria Lola. And I haven't looked back ever since. You won the James Beard Award for Best Chef Midwest. First woman, first person of color from Minnesota to win that. And people, as you rose to more national notoriety, you know, you're you're on Netflix's Chef's Table. Mm -hmm. People asked you, Aunt, when are you going to open... Your restaurant, yeah. when are you going to cook really Korean and Kim food? Yeah, you know, I never really took that very seriously in the past. I just thought, well, you know, I do have Korean influences in my restaurant, but it was Korean barbecue on a pizza or kimchi on a pizza and never really pushed the edge and really opened a restaurant that was significantly Korean-American. But I think uh, partly by necessity because I felt like I did need to make a pretty bold change in order to reset and, and, and get people excited about uh, uptown and dining out again, I decided this was the time to step into my power. And I really felt like maybe it was turning 50. I don't know. Mm, yeah. But I really decided that I really didn't give a damn about uh, you know being afraid of things or um, doing things that I felt like might fail because there's no better time than the present. And I felt like, you know what? This is something that I feel like I was meant to do but was too scared to do it or made up excuses like, oh, Minnesotans aren't ready for a Korean restaurant. But I said, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to do it. And uh, it's been – the response has been incredible, and I'm just so grateful for it. And Kim is here. Kim's in Uptown just opened – Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. I was there on you, Wednesday? I thought Thursday? you were there on Tuesday. I don't know. The don't days know are all blurred there. for me. I don't know what's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think people are really going to enjoy it. Do you agree with me when I say, like, this is your most personal? I mean, this, Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely my most personal restaurant to date. And uh, I'm having fun for the, you know, it's been a long time since the pandemic, like having fun running well, a restaurant. Well, you've talked about some of this. The it's yeah. All of us struggle kind of working through it in different ways, Yes, right? absolutely. The work is hard. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But there's a difference when you feel like you have a sense of purpose hmm. and you're enjoying it. And uh, I'm having the time of my life. No reservation. Correct. So I love this because it's sort of a throwback to how we used to open restaurants. Mm -hmm. I actually had to explain to people on Twitter that this is how we used to open restaurants. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. But but why no reservations? What are you going for here? Yeah, you know, for me, Kim's is supposed to be a neighborhood, casual, come as you are, come you you don't need to plan months or weeks in advance. We're not fancy. We make great food with intention, but I want people to think of Kim's as an everyday restaurant where they can stroll in for a beer and a bite to eat or they can celebrate a birthday or anniversary, but it's something that they can come to once a week and not once a year. And I think not having reservations sort of invites that already. Just the make tone. the decision. Just come on in and there's always going to be a seat for you. You know, Friday or Saturday, maybe around 630, you might have to wait. But we have a speakeasy downstairs. You can grab a cocktail. And, uh, you know, it just makes sense for us as restaurateurs, too. Have you had more? I've heard many restaurateurs complaining about more no-shows and more cancellations. Yeah, you know, and I, and I just want to say I – 
I do appreciate our guests, you know, being so incredible and, and, you know, being so respectful for what we do. But sometimes you do get guests that just don't call ahead. And when you are a popular restaurant, people just assume you're always busy and they can't get a seat. But if like 15, 20 people don't show up, those are those are that's lost revenue and people that could have filled those seats. So it's hard. So all I ask I is, struggle yeah. with that. Like I definitely have been trained over the last two years to feel like, well, I bet my first thing is to check if there are reservations. Over. Well, I yes, totally. We've all been trained that way. Yes. Yes. So that's sort of the risk you're taking. Like our will. Can we untrain this a little bit? I hope so. And, you know, also like. Fly by the seat of your pants, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, take a little risk. And uh, for me, it's like I, I do believe that um, people can get used to a little bit of a weight. I think we're a society that feels like you have to have everything on demand when you want it, when you need it. Yeah. But, you know, this puts a little bit of like uh, fun and spontaneity into your life. I, You know, I get it. If you have like a six year old or something yeah. like that's fine. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people get a babysitter. You have a night out. But part of what I think is important, if we are going to be a real big city, mm-hmm. which we seem to think we want to be. Yes. Like you have to go out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big like blame the diner. Like if a restaurant closes, I'm not like, well, you should have supported that restaurant. No. I don't believe that. Like no. businesses should make us want to go there. And you do have to go out sometimes during the week. Yeah. You can't only go out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, I actually prefer to dine out during the week only because it's less busy. It's not crowded. And we've had lots of families actually come in. Actually, we had a couple come in and they said this was supposed to be a date night, but our babysitter canceled. So we brought the kids and we had no reservations and they were happy as punch. Yeah. Yeah. We took our kids everywhere. It's okay. Like, take your kids out to <laughs> Yes, we're very kid-friendly. We've yes. got, you know, great options for everybody. And that's what we want to encourage, that this is uh, – it's it's a welcoming restaurant, whether you're on a date night or celebrating. And soon we're going to open up some limited reservations for parties seven or larger. For the big So ones. if you are planning a special like event a or a birthday smart. that we'll be able to accommodate, yes. And Kim is the newest uh, chef owner or the newest – uh, restaurant in her roster is called Kim's in Uptown. And I wanted to ask you about Uptown because Uptown has a perception problem, but there's also a reality problem, as you know, doing business over there. Driving down Hennepin mm-hmm. and Lake, you see all these empty storefronts. Yeah. And you're next to like a cute wine bar. Your corner has stuff. But Uptown is not what it was. Yeah, it's struggling. And Uptown's always sort of had ups and downs and they've reinvented themselves, you know, throughout every decade. And right now I do feel like it's uh, slightly depressed. But for me, I try to focus on things that I can control and I can't control uh, what's going on around me, but I can control my actions. And rather than curl up in, you know, a fetal form and feel sorry for myself, I just decided I'm going to do something. I am going, I believe in Uptown and this is a time to reset. It's uh, transfer. Transformation has been a part of my journey always and the key to my success. And I believe that if we're successful, other like-minded businesses and restaurateurs will also come. So this is an invitation to all my friends and colleagues and people out there both locally and nationally that Uptown is a great place to be. So come join me. And Kim, the restaurant, I I think people are going to love it. 
it's it's casual but uh, precise. Yeah. In the cooking and the talent, and it's delicious. Oh, thank you so Number much. Number one thing people should order when they go. Oh, man, I hesitate to say it because (laughs) the kitchen gets uh, There's lots of things. Right now, our number one seller is the Stone Bowl Bibimbap. But there's so many great things. And one that's really special to me is the Pindatok, which is a mung bean kimchi pancake, which is my mother's recipe. And she's North Korean, and it's a traditional Korean recipe from the Pyeongchang region. So I love that dish. Very good. And thank you. Russia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. He is one of the biggest names in the food scene in the Twin Cities and one of our biggest emissaries all around the country. Justin Sutherland is with us here in studio. Justin, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Jason. Good to see you, buddy. You are, uh, you appear to be tireless. You're always <laughs> on the go. You're traveling. You're uh telling the story of Minnesota that people should know what we're doing here. Uh, do you ever feel like, man, I just like, could I just be home for like a solid month? Yeah. I, you know, I started to feel that. And with all of the travel and everything, what I've, what I've learned and, you know, told my agent whoever books stuff for me, I prefer to do it in blocks. Like I just came off about six weeks on the road and I'll be home till about February. It was the going for three days, home for two days, gone the back and forth. That's you, hard. You never unpack, you never settle in, you never catch up on life at home. So I do it in big blocks and then I, then I breathe. You are running multiple restaurants here in the Twin Cities. And actually one of the, uh, one of the concepts that has grown, I feel like, has grown a little under the radar, and that's your Northern Soul yeah. concept. Uh, tell tell everybody what that is. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of a the celebration of the food that I love. You know, you know, Southern food with kind of the Northern spin I put on it, a little bit of barbecue. Um, but with this iteration, we're able to do more focused uh, iterations of it. We have Northern Soul Fried Chicken at the airport, Northern Soul Smokehouse up north at Grandview Lodge, which is strictly barbecue, Northern Soul Southern Kitchen over in uh, Uptown, so... Yeah, we're that's kind of, in, in Daisy's and yep. that concept. There. Yep, in the yeah. Daisy's concept. How do how are you feeling about Uptown? We had Ann Kim in here yesterday talking about uh, Kim's her yep. new restaurant over there. Yep, it feels like there might. I mean, you know, it's going to be a road. <laughs> it's going to be a road. It's there. a road. There's still. so much empty. It's still a road. It's still definitely a road. I mean, you know, we all have hopes and see some glimmers at the end. But I mean, we all know everybody who's investing in that neighborhood knows we're still a couple years out from where you know we hope it'll be. You're in St. Paul. At Big E's. Yep. Tell us how that's been going. Big E's is an egg sandwich concept, which yep. had to get over a little bit of, like, I, I don't know how I took all this shrapnel for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But when you launched that, a, a local newspaper reporter, without comment, just right. posted a picture of your menu board. And I still have people give me grief for saying that I thought a $15 egg sandwich was not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It's absolutely not, especially when we're getting local organic eggs, when we have Rose Street Patisserie making the buns for us fresh. I mean, but that either way, I mean, anytime something happens, it's usually the people that are never going to go there that have something to stay because it's, uh, it's going great. Um, it's probably one of my favorite concepts here, and we're, you know, we're doing a national expansion with that. You, have, you started that in Portland? In, in Portland, only because our, Minneapolis, our Minnesota uh, location wasn't ready wasn't yet. Wasn't ready to go. Yep, but yeah. yeah. But gave you a good chance to road test. I actually think known chefs should take more chances outside of Minnesota. Yeah. Because, well, let's be honest. Like, when Andrew Zimmern opened his Chinese restaurant here, like, the knives were out for him. And if you go somewhere else, like, I I think sometimes 
people get a better reception. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, I think I think you're true for sure on that. And I mean, nobody in Portland complained about the prices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something. Do you think so? Like you're you're a fascinating character in our scene to me because you're a homegrown talent. You grew up in Apple Valley. You like Anne were a speech, yeah. uh, a speech kid, big time. You were like a went to, went to nationals. Yeah, went one state went to nationals. What was your event? Uh, the, for state, I did multiple, but it was poetry uh, that I went to nationals in. So you you grew up here. You built uh, Handsome Hog was yep. your first restaurant, but you worked in a lot of different restaurants. Yep. Uh, and then you hit a little bit of television fame, which. How life-changing was that for you? It was it was very life-changing, especially at a moment where that never crossed my mind. I did not think, you know, I was very focused on being a restaurant chef. I just opened Handsome Hog, and it didn't even cross my mind until Food Network called. And, you know, if they ask you to be on Iron Chef, you don't really say no. Um, you know, didn't plan on winning, but ended up winning, and that kind of kick-started the Top Chef. And then, you know, here we are. TV food shows. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about... I mean, I love them, of course. I think most people who love food yep. love them. Um, well, I guess, how do, how do you feel about it as far as, like, introducing people to what goes on in kitchen? Obviously, it's TV, so, like, right. it's, it's yeah. entertainment to a certain degree. It's entertainment. I think, you know, the food television world is it's it's changing or about to go through a change from, you know, from what we like to see, I mean, you know, obviously Guy Fieri's has his, you know, his huge empire of diners, drive-ins, and dives, and Guy's Grocery Games, you know, you know, uh, the travel shows that Andrew sure. Zimmern, you know, is, sure. is very well known for. So I think we're trying to figure out where that, where that leads you into. You and next. Andrew talked a bit, right? Yeah. And you guys know each other well. Yep. Ha- has it been helpful? I mean, for you as a young chef, like, ending up with national television fame to understand, like, what do I do with this? Because people think you're super rich because of <laughs> <laughs> it's cable TV, know, everybody. Right? It's cable. But do you're are you super rich from, yeah, from food TV? Not at all. Those things pay just about zero bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's surprising, right? Yeah, people just assume that the second you step onto a TV, that people are throwing money at you. But usually, in some of those things, you pay to be there. <laughs> but it opens up other doors. Well, absolutely. I mean, I I love it. It definitely opens up other doors. Justin Sutherland is with us uh, now. You are a national. Emmy Award nominee, and we'll find out at the daytime Emmys. But you were yeah. you were nominated as a host yep. for Taste the Culture. Tell yeah. everybody about that show. Yeah, that was the first show when a network came to me and said, "What kind of food show do you want to make?" Um, you know, I love the travel log uh, aspect of food TV, but I also realize there's a lot of untold stories, especially if you know from the BIPOC community, from the small mom and pop shops, from the women-owned restaurants. So I really wanted to kind of take the spotlight off me, travel around, and, and help tell some untold stories uh, in the food space. For you, as a, a man of color, as a black man, is it? Do you feel an extra obligation, or, or what? What is that? pull to kind of tell those sites, those stories. I don't know if it's so much of an obligation, but a desire. I don't think it ever reached the point where I felt obligated to because it's something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, you know, we, we all live in this world. We know the stories that are amplified and the stories that aren't. So, you know, yeah. when given a platform, it's, you know, it's good to, to tell the stories you find to be important. I mean, do you feel things have, have improved or changed when it comes to telling stories of, of uh, black chefs or black owned restaurants uh, specifically? Uh, absolutely. I think it's it's definitely leaning. Uh, I mean, it, it started at crap. It's Yeah, it started at nothing. So, I mean, from nothing to where we are now is definitely huge uh, yeah. steps. And, you know, that came 
with the fight of a lot of those black chefs, you know, who who did, took it upon themselves to tell their own stories. But I think, you know, the the world is definitely uh, more curious and, and, and waking up and, and realizing more of what's going on around them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you've also taken advantage of the fact that you had, you know, Handsome Hog had tremendous success Yep. and still is going strong, right? Yeah. Get on about nine years on that. So, which is wild. Isn't that crazy? How old were you when you started that? I mean, was it 2016? So 31-ish. I don't even know. I'm bad at math. Really young. about 40, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's turned 39, so it's about 30. When you reflect back, do you, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? Um, you know, there's always more about the business end you could learn, learning your numbers more, learning more operational stuff. And, and also realizing that, that not all, that not all money is good money, <laughs> you know, mm. you know, do a little more research where you're, where you're getting funding from, make sure you, you know, have control of the things you want to have control of. And, but I wouldn't change any of it. Justin Sutherland is with us. A number of local restaurants that he owns and is uh, the culinary director of. We are going to take a break. I want to talk about his foray into THC seltzers. So he's uh, working on that. And also, I mean, you're involved in so many different things. Yep. It's fun, man. (laughs) Got to stay busy. Got to stay busy. I don't think that's your problem. (laughs) 419, Drive Time with DeRussia. And DeRussia Eats brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy in St. Louis Park. Coming right back. DeRussia Eats at 424. Glad... Uh, for the support of Liquor Boy and the Minnesota Pork Board. Our guest today is Justin Sutherland. Boy, could you imagine when you were growing up as a speech kid right. doing poetry, <laughs> spending your Saturdays at like, you Talking know. Talking to walls. Yes. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in that world. Yep. I was that in high school and yep. then coached my kid's team. And you think like, look at look at you now. Did those l- lessons kind of public speaking and competition how have those sort of affected all of it i mean i i look back at so many times especially you know with the public speaking and and television and just being comfortable in that world i credit so much of that to speech and debate yeah especially apple valley high school was such a i mean still still dominant 20 30 years has been dominant in that world so i learned a lot there well you also learned about sacrifice right Right. because to compete in speech or debate you give up all day saturday i don't know if people understand like and your friday night because you're up you know 6 a.m you're you're practicing got to get on a bus and off you go um you are involved in the food businesses the restaurant businesses the television but you also uh just launched uh a seltzer yep uh tell us tell us about that yeah, Crooked Beverage. Um, THC. You know, t- uh, THC seltzer, uh, three and five milligrams. Um, you know, we've we've tried them all as they came to the market. And, I mean, definitely one of the most, the uh, best tasting on the market for sure. Um, you know, it's just, it's just been really fun to watch how that, you know, world has gone. You know, it's very much the the market for those, you know, is very much the the housewives that, you know, never really dabbled, weren't, you know, big right. THC users. Um, so it's a good little segue into that, and especially people who aren't drinking that want to just loosen up a little bit at the bar. Um, it's it's a great product, and I tried I tried the uh, blood orange. Yep, but you have like 
these flavors, like, is that sort of what you bring to the table, like the culinary aspect? Or no, honestly, they, uh, some, my brother and, and and his partners who uh, started this company, you know, they actually did the first run at flavors oh, and brought it to me before the flavors, and I was like, wow, these are actually delicious. Right, you don't even need me for the flavor because the first round of some of the flavors that were out in the market were sort of yeah. like yep. either flavorless or yeah. just, just too sugary or too flat. sugary. Yeah. They did a really good job with these. Uh, you're also involved in a clothing business. Yeah, yeah, Hybrid Nation. We've been been around for quite a while now. You guys um, have been around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, my brother started this uh, right out of college when he at Carleton, and it's really blown up. I mean, it fully supports him and his family, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's streetwear kind of, which you know, uh, the tagline in diversity we trust yep. is sort of. What launched it, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. We call it, you know, socially conscious streetwear. You know, we do a lot of give backs, work a lot with, you know, inner city youth, um, and just, you know, that that we're all kind of that we're all hybrids. We're all part of the same. Uh, yeah. So you look at like you look at Justin Sutherland, the '30s, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a period of exploration, of growth, of uh, for sure rising to fame, of loss. Yep. You were in that boat accident where you could have lost everything. Very close to it, yes. So what does Justin Sutherland, the 40s, look like? Yeah, I think, you know, taking all of those lessons, experiences, reflecting, and and I think really just, uh, you know, just being more intentional about everything, realizing, you know, uh, we've spent a lot of time saying yes now, realizing, you know, how important sometimes saying no is. Um, you know, and focusing on, you know, the the people and things that have been here through the whole ride that are really important. Biggest mistake you think of uh, that you've made? You know, I don't know. That you've learned from anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've I've learned from a lot. I mean, there's definitely been a lot of humbling moments. Uh, you know, there's been loss. Um, I don't know that any of them are, are mistakes because all of them were big learning opportunities. You know, especially in business. I mean, far from everything I've done has been successful, but I mean, it's really just being able to learn from those, get back up, and you know, know where you want to be and keep doing it. Justin Sutherland, our guest, Northern Soul. Uh, I love how you took sort of the uh, the risk putting that up uh, at Grandview Live. Yeah, just makes sense. It's it's yeah, it's going great up there. We're very excited for next year, having a full season of it. Your book is called Northern Soul. Yep. A lot of times, people looking for a Christmas gift uh, of like a local cookbook, but you're it's more than recipes. It's it's more than recipes. There's a lot of good stories in there. I mean, we all know and love J.D. Fratsky, one of my good friends. You know, he he helped write the book with me. Um, but it's also just such a, a approachable book. I mean, anybody can pick it up, make anything off any page by going to their local grocery store. We always ask people on Russia Eats to give three restaurant recommendations yeah. of places they don't own. So yeah. Lay it on. <laughs> you know, I travel so much. I've not been to half of the new places. <laughs> and when I am here, I'd like to just go to the old faithfuls. Oh, like, I like that. You know, I mean, like my, right. my favorite burger right now is at Burger Dive in St. Paul. I think they make mm. an amazing burger. Um, I love going to Lotus uh, for uh, for yes. their pho. Um, not f- you know lo- who works at Lotus? My 16-year-old really? works at the Lotus in Maple Grove, <laughs> right. which is very funny. I love Lotus. I will say a new restaurant. Um, you know, David Fima's Maison Margot is actually really good. I've, I Don't I, laugh when you say that. It's, it, <laughs> it was delicious. Well, I, mean, I didn't I've, expect it to be as good as it was. I've wor- I mean, I've opened you work. four restaurants for Fima. He's a dear, dear friend. I love Fima. And I love him. I mean, I, his family's amazing. But when I went there and ate, I literally got up. I was like, oh, my God, David, this is 
amazing. Um, but it's just, yeah, that was a really good experience. There's something about, like, when you're cooking the food that you're meant to cook, right. it clicks. And that's, like, what David's meant to cook. That's what I told him. I remember sending him a text message, and I was like, this food tasted like you. I could taste mm-hmm. your love, your story, your family. Yeah. Like, this is your food, and, like, thank you for sharing it. So, uh Justin, I'm a big fan. I'm always cheering for you, so I'm, I'm happy for your success. Thank you. And can't wait to see what comes in the next uh, the next decade. Always something. Always <laughs> something indeed. Justin Sutherland, our guest on DeRussia Eats. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m., The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email Jason at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Jason at Odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.